Raiders, the Cup is back home. The Bruins are 2011 Stanley Cup champions. Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome to episode 45 of Bruins Beat, brought to you by CONS Radio. It's been quite some time since we've done a show. Obviously, life's been getting in the way. People have been sick. But Jason and Joe, it's good to be back doing the show. Bruins season is is practically here. Almost upon us. I know. It's uh, much to look forward to. Uh, Training camp's been underway, and, you know, I was at training camp, so we'll discuss a lot of that today. Absolutely. There's been a lot of Bruins news to get to, but the first thing I want to touch on is the World Cup of Hockey. And if you're a hockey fan... You've been tuned into the World Cup of Hockey. And yeah. obviously the the one thing I want to say is how much of a disgrace it was watching oh. Team USA play. And oh. I know we're all pretty much everyone that listens to this show is American. And I, I know sometimes we'll have some Canadian folks tune in. So obviously you guys are happy. But to, yeah. be, an, to be an American and watch that team play was very, very disappointing. Uh, I completely agree, Mike. Uh, I think it was the their last uh, prelim game, their last kind of exhibition game of the you know before they started the real games. That I believe they were three to one, three nothing against. I can't remember what team, but they were three nothing. And then the last period, they started falling apart and they almost lost the game. And then when they played Team Europe, they just got absolutely dominated. Which, as I mentioned to you guys before, I thought uh, Team Europe was a joke, and they're evidently not because they're in the final. And then. Um, a glimmer of hope against Canada with that one quick goal by McDonough, and then the, the roof fell in, and just typical Team USA, you know, since 2010, they've just been, you know, uh, terrible. 14 Olympics was terrible. This was terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> so. Yes, no, I agree with Joe. It's very disappointing, and I kind of wonder if John Tortorella should have been in coach or should, if they should have had another coach. I mean, oh, I'm placing a lot of it on the coach. I'm gonna blame I'm gonna blame the coach and the GM to be honest because once they named Tortorella for the coach of this World Cup of Hockey team, I, I I said to myself I was like I don't think this team's gonna be very good because John Tortorella is just not a good coach and I understand that he coached the Rangers for a few times and the Rangers did it pretty good you know the few years that he was there but he got fired for a reason because he couldn't get them over the hump he couldn't get them to play in big games Tortorella the, and the team that constructed that they constructed the team why is Brandon Davinsky on the team? Why is Justin Advocator on the team? You know, you had Phil Kessel tweeting. You had probably Ryan tweeting. Those are better players than that you have on the roster. And the oh, roster was not yeah. – yeah, and, and then you have Tortorella and, and Labardi, the GM, say, oh, we, we built the roster to beat Canada. Well, first of all, there's other teams yeah. in the tournament to beat besides Canada that you embarrass yourself against Team Europe and didn't even score a goal. And then you play Canada and you got smoked by Canada too. So the team you put together clearly didn't work. Well, they, they, they beat them in a, you know, a, pre, a prelim game that didn't matter. You know, oh, wow, that. right? <laughs> good but you, you have to wonder about that. If Europe was really just not going hard in the prelim games because they knew what they were going to do going to the actual No, I don't, I don't buy that. Where, where areas, the USA, Canada teams, and all of them are all going hard from the start? I, I don't buy that. But the one thing that bothers me, too, is, you know, they lose to Europe. They Like, like Joe just said, they score the first goal against, against Canada. And you go, okay, here you go. They're showing some life here. And Canada scores two goals in 14 seconds, and all of a sudden they're, they're losing again. And you just go, okay, the bottom's going to fall off here. U- the USA just doesn't have it. And, well, then, and then they lose to Czech Republic on top of it all. Uh, well, at that point, it didn't mean anything, so they probably just already mailed it in. I mean, what typified uh, or exemplified exactly how they were is when uh, 
the first goal by uh, Canada by um, Duchesne when uh, Dustin Buckland wasn't even looking. Like, he was completely out of position. And and he didn't play the first game against Europe, which I didn't understand. They got the Johnsons, who were, like, good, like, like five years ago, right? They haven't been good in a long time. So Torrell is trying to build a team that's going to block 400 shots and win, you know, try to win one nothing. But, you know, you can't do that against Canada. They're too, no. you know, too loaded. So that was awesome. I mean, this the team they put together just – it, you, you leave your, left just scratching your head. Like you said, both Johnsons, Dubinsky, Ablocator, it's like, oh, John, then you have Tortorella saying, well, we have goal scorers. I wouldn't trade this team for the world. Well, I would trade them in because they went 0-3. So clearly the team that you said you wouldn't trade in for didn't care about you. Well, it, it's good that the 23-year-old kids, uh, you know, Canadian and US, American won more games than the, uh, you know, the U.S. team. So that was uh, nice. Well, that uh, was a treat to watch, though. Oh, oh, yeah, speaking of the 23-year-old kids, how about that game against Sweden? Yep, the Russian game. Oh, that team was so much fun. I wanted them to advance so bad. And like you said, there is a glimmer of hope for USA Hockey, though, because they there were, like, I think 9 or 10 American-born players on that under-23 team. But the problem is, if you have Tortorella coach them, what, what's he going to do? Tell Eichel he can't get up in the play or tell Matthews that he's going to get benched if he's not blocking shots? Well, I, I was completely against that whole North American concept, I guess, from a marketing standpoint. And the way it turned out, I guess that was a very good choice. Um, but I would have loved to see Gaudreau or Eichel or Matthews on this, or all three of them on this team, because I think they could have probably replaced definitely three guys on this team. Um, some of the guys you already mentioned, Mike, uh, I would love to see them. I think he just got too, mar- you know, too market marketing driven, which I think is, that's what the whole tournament is, I guess, anyway. But. Yeah, it definitely is. But if you if you haven't been paying attention to the World Cup of Hockey, it's Team Europe and Canada in the finals are actually playing right now. Brad Marchand scored the first goal for Team Canada, who's been lighting it up this this tournament, playing with Bergeron and, and Crosby. What a line that is! Yeah, I, who do you, all right? I know I kind of I know we're going to jump, but uh, who do you think is going to be on their wing with the Bruins? I, I, I'm thinking I think of Backus, but maybe I'm wrong. I think Backus would be a good fit for them because you know. Bergeron and Martian, you know, they're very skilled. And I think having, like, a, a grind, uh, you know, a tough guy with them and, you know, banging in the corners and kind of protecting those two guys would be would be pretty good. But, I mean, I, I don't know if Backus is playing center or playing wing yet. I mean, he'll have to see, obviously, when everyone returns to training camp, which we'll get into in just a few minutes. But it's it'll be interesting to see what, what happens with Backus and who plays that wing with Bergeron and Martian because, like you said, there's no one right there. There's no one there right now to put him on to, that, you can, Keep that it. you can guarantee he's going to play on that wing. Keep an eye on a couple of the young guys. Like Zach Sanishin looked really good in training camp. I was impressed with him. And Danton Hyman looked really good last night. Yeah, you definitely have to keep an eye out for the young guys, but there's no one set in stone. Yeah, definitely not. So, but uh, the last thing I want to touch on with the World Cup of Hockey is um, Team Europe quickly, as we said, made the finals. Everyone was crapping on them, that saying they weren't that yeah. good. They were losing like every game in the preliminary tournament, and all of a sudden they get to the big tournament and they start winning every game. You know, they beat USA, they beat Czech Republic, they beat Sweden. These are big-name countries that they're beating, and everyone thought they were going to go 0-3. And, and, you know, Zdeno Chara's on the team, and obviously old friend Dennis Seidenberg's on the team, too, which is surprising. Yeah, I kind of hope he gets a gig in in NHL. He might be, I think maybe his last legs, I think a couple-week tournament's probably going to be it for him. But, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, the European team's a lot more loaded than I thought, so... I agree, but obviously, uh, I think obviously Canada's probably going to take it. I mean, they're yes. winning right now, so it's the best of three. But I, I just can't see Europe being able to pull out two games against Canada. It's no Canada stacked. I do agree with that um, for sure. I thought also Finland was very disappointing. Yeah, Tukarask. 
to be to be old man winter, you guys are probably way too young uh, to remember the '96 one. But that tournament, I remember where I was when they won, and they the '96 team for Canada. You can imagine how many Hall of Famers were on that team, and for like the, the likes of like John Leclerc and Tony Amani and you know Mike Richter and those guys to to beat that superpower of hockey. You know, uh, if you ever if you haven't seen it, you can find it on tape. Watch it. It was just phenomenal. That was '96. Was unbelievable hockey. Uh, it was great. You know, as close as we got to a gold. Uh, you know, against Canada. So, um, for all you young folk out there, just look it up on YouTube. What a game! What a series that was. Yeah, I heard that was quite a series. But um, so we just wanted. To, I just want to touch on the World Cup quickly. Obviously, just to say how disappointed we were in Team USA and in the tournament overall. Not not. The tournament overall. I'm happy with the tournament. Disappointed with USA's performance, but let's get into some Bruins items. Obviously, there's been a training camps underway. There's been a, a ton to talk about. The Bruins did win both games of rookie camp. I didn't have a chance to, you know, look into too much of rookie camp, but a lot of guys on the from the rookie camp are, you know, playing right now. As, as Jason mentioned earlier, Sinitian didn't play in the rookie camp, but he's playing in training camp. You know, you have DeBrusque, you have Carlo, you have Danton Heinen. So there's been a lot of good stuff going on. The Bruins actually lost their opening preseason game last night, 3-2 to in a shootout. But I don't put too much stock in that game no. at all. But it was good to see that hockey was back. It was on TV. Did you guys get a chance to watch any of it? Go ahead, Jason. I'll let you go ahead first, Joe. Yeah, I, honestly, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm not a big preseason hockey guy. I'm kind of like, let's get to it. <laughs> you know, so um, I watch a little, very little of it. Um, so, I, you know, Jason, you probably have way more to add than I would. I probably do have a little bit more to add. I didn't get to watch much of it last night. I had to work, like usual, but I did see the ending. I saw the overtime, which to me was very impressive. But I could see the scores, and, you know, the names of the players that stand out, like you had on defense, Brandon Carlo. His size, he was the one that stood out to me at training camp, which was very impressive. You have Danton Heinen, that looks good. You have Jimmy Hayes that scored a goal. So Jimmy Hayes. Hayes. And listen to this. I'm going to tell you guys straight forward because I was at training camp on Sunday. Uh Jimmy Hayes is going to be playing with a B under his bonnet, in the words of Jack Edwards this season. He is he showed emotion at training camp. I hope so, Jason. So that is something to watch out for. He, he when he got angry when he screwed up, he showed it in. So I think Hayes is coming out with a chip on his shoulder, which is great. Like I said, watch out for Danton Heinen. Riley Nash looked good. Peter Mueller is a player to watch out for because he looks really good too. What, what, what? How many goals do you think of a Hayes this year? Twenty. Mm-hmm. If he scores twenty goals, that would be that'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. It would be amazing. Like <laughs> it, it would be because you know he had like what eleven last year and he scored three in one game and only scored yeah. like seven for the rest of the year. So, I mean, if he can, if he if he plays with a you know something under like a fire lit under his ass, that'd be unbelievable for the Bruins because they need him. They need some. They need some uh, third and fourth line scoring because last year obviously the third and fourth line scoring was not there and he was part of that. So. And there's a lot of competition in camp, like you said, Jason. You've been you listen off listen off some guys there from going to training camp. You know he's better play with a light on, with a fire under his ass, or else he's going to be gone. And I haven't even brought up the likes of Austin Zarnick, Jacob Zaborl, and Jake DeBrusque, who all look good too. So, and also let me add into this Zane McIntyre, watch out because he's a player that's been looking impressive. I mean, I'm not going to look too much into the goal situation right now. He's he's still young, so. Just uh, back to Jimmy Hayes. The- the major problem with him, too, is the, the physicality, that he does not throw his body. He doesn't get in front of the net. That's what they need him to do. You know, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take 15, you know, goals by him and the, with him just laying the body and, you know, uh, causing havoc in front of the net. You know what I mean? Because 
he didn't do he didn't score he didn't hit he didn't get in front of the net and muck it up he did absolutely nothing no he so, looked like a ghost out there oh he, i called him the totem pole because that's exactly what he was he just he was just he looked like someone that was scared to deal with the pressure of boston that first season and you know what to see the emotion from him at, at training camp to see him angry it said to me that he's sending a message to himself that he needs to step it up, which is great. Another player that I want to talk about is Zach Sanishin. And if you were to training camp, you saw he, the kid is fast. That kid can skate. Yeah, I, I bet he can skate. And I'm, I'm excited to see him play, obviously, in the preseason, even though Joe's not a big preseason guy. I'll tune in just to see what the young guys are doing. But, you know, he, he's been, you know, he's had a tough summer, though. He's had, had appendectomy surgery. You know, he's had mono. So hopefully he can regain his form, but I don't see him making the big club just yet because, you know, he has to deal with all this stuff. But rumors were he was skating with Krejci on the, on the wing during training camp. Krejci and Heinen. So, so how's Krejci looking uh, after his uh, surgery? Krejci and Tori Krug both look very good. It looks like Krejci's focusing on getting himself back to full health, but they both look a lot better than I expected. It's good to hear. Same that here. is very good to hear because the last time you were on, we did the show without you, Joe, because uh, you had – you had something come up last minute, but we were talking about the health of, you know, David Krejci and Tori Krug, and I even wrote an article for CLNS Radio, like, like five things to look at going into training camp, and I said the health of, of David Krejci and Tori Krug, as you know, David Krejci was named to the Czech Republic, you know, national team for the World Cup of Hockey. The doctors told him not to go, and, you know, his time frame was supposed to be right around when the season started, and if you remember last season, Krejci came out of the gate guns blazing he was you know putting up points every night so i said his health was a big part of this for this team because the bruins need to go, get off to a good start because if they don't the ship could be sailing well you know the bruins go i mean it's almost been historical the bruins go as crutchy goes especially in the playoffs you know when he got in 2000 hurt in 2010 against philly they went down the tubes when he had that great run in 11 that great run in 13 they went to the cup so i mean they need him i mean that he, he is very important to the team I'm just trying to figure out what wingers are going to be on his line because he – I guess he's been kind of pissed off that they let uh, Louie go. But you know what? I, you know, I, I think uh, they're not going to lose too much with Bacchus. I mean, probably about 10 goals difference, I would say. But uh, Louie, you know, he was, he was kind of fragile, to be honest with you, too. And they, he, if he took one more headshot, he was probably going to be out for a long time, so – and to be completely honest, this the young core for this Bruins team looks like it's really developing, Like, which means if the Bruins can have a good year this year and gain that momentum going to next year, this is something to watch out for. I mean, the future looks great. I even, I've even left out the names of Matt Grizzlick and Jeremy Lawson, who are probably not going to make the club, but they're players to watch out for going to next year or the year after. I mean, there's a lot of things to be impressed about, and there's a reason to be excited. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of reason to be excited, but, I mean, the young guys can't help this season i mean some of them yeah, probably sure. can some of them can but some of them probably can't so you you look at it to the situation and you say well then you, you're naming a lot of defensemen there too jason about like those Laws laws and carlo then why is don sweeney signing kevin miller and adam mcclade to four-year contract extension if, if the defense is supposed to be this good the young the young defenseman it doesn't make sense to me that that's what's bizarre because from my standpoint if i was a gm i wouldn't be signing these players so i don't know why don sweeney yeah. making these you know players. jillian just said they're fine they just gotta play harder like did you hear that quote yeah like what no Claude, they're not that good that's the reason. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter if you play hard if you suck <laughs> that's why they're not that good that's the problem yeah. you know you have kevin miller and adam McQuaid who are pretty much similar players and they're not that good but if you have one of them 
as your bottom pair defenseman, that's fine. But you have them both for the next like three or four years, and you're paying them, you know, two two to three million dollars a year. Uh, I just I don't know. I think the ghost of Peter Shirelli has taken over Don Sweeney's body because I I don't know what what they're doing. I mean I don't know what they're doing because now Chara like he's playing more he's playing like extra hockey now. He's playing in this tournament. He is going to be if he's on your first pair with McQuaid, you're going to have like you know uh, elderly people pacing them in walkers. I mean that's how slow they're going to be. That their defense it's just they're going to have to score to have a shot like five goals a night. You know, and that because their defense is so pathetic. And then. Of course, Rask is gonna not play well and sulk and moan and complain, and it's just gonna be—it's gonna be a broken record from last year. Gonna be the same exact thing. It is gonna be the same exact thing. That's why when uh, Joe, before we had added you onto the show as a full-time uh, host, I was saying to Jason, and I was like, "This defense is gonna be the same thing as last year." So when he talked about upgrading the defense, but he mm-hmm. never did. Never did. They signed John Michael Lyles. They re-signed Kevin Miller, and those were his two moves. Wow. And, and and he and he actually you know he bought out Seidenberg, so what what does that do? Nothing. They have seven defensemen on one way contracts. Seven. Huh. So which which young defenseman even is going to have a chance to play? You know they I'm have. Call Miller. I'm hoping they give him a shot. I mean. I think it's going to be Brandon Carlo over Carlin Miller. Oh, really? Something well, about call, Brandon Carlo. Well, Colin, that I really Colin think. Miller has a one way contract, Jason. So in order to send him down, you have to put him through waivers. So that means they're going to have to you know and no no he's not going to clear through waivers. Every team's not going to pass on him. So there's no. So that means Brandon Carlo is going to be sent back down just due to the fact that the Bruins have issues with their own signings. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Don Sweeney has put this team in a bind with the young defenseman. And then you 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 were at training camp, so you, you saw firsthand the young defenseman that you were impressed with. But they're all blocked right now. They're all blocked. Mike. And that's what makes it frustrating. Yeah, I mean, and maybe there's a good segue to talk about Truba. Um, let's let's put this. Let's stop. He's not coming. They're not going to get him. I, I don't see them. Winnipeg's probably going to ask for a lot, and they're not going to give it up. Uh, he'll be a great addition, but it, it's not going to happen. I have no faith that, that they're going to make that move. I don't either, to be honest. I it sounds it sounds appealing. It sounds nice when you hear Jacob Truba. He wants out of Winnipeg. For those of you that don't know, uh, Truba asked for a trade out of Winnipeg. He wants to you know play in the top four, and this would be the type of move that Sweeney would be bold to make. And this was the move that was looked at that Bruins fans said. Go get him. But now all of a sudden you hear um, Winnipeg wants, you know, certain players back or certain picks back. And, you know, the, there was a quote that Sweeney came up with and said they're sick and tired of sprinkling their talent around the league because they've, <laughs> they've lost every trade that they've had in the past, yeah. you know, four, four years. So wow. that's the problem. This, the Bruins aren't going to give up assets for, for Truba. And as much as it is to dream about Truba and want him here, and I want him here because, you know, he's – you know he's he's a better Adam McQuaid. You know he's that type of guy, but he's younger, he's way younger. Younger and he's better, yeah. and it's just not going to happen. Yeah. And as much as it's fun to talk about Bruins fans and <laughs> obviously discuss on this show, if it happens, I'll I'll bite the bullet. I'll eat my words. But like Joe said, I don't think it's happening. Nope. I agree with all three of you, even though I in the way I hope it happens, but I don't think it's going to happen myself because I don't think the Bruins have what it takes to give up those certain players that they need to. I mean, no, the- you don't. I mean, they they got they got kids in the farm they could trade they I think they still have you know uh, picks to trade but they as you said Mike they're so gun shy because they've been burned so many times in trades that's to the point where they don't even want to you know put their foot in the water because they're so damn scared now. Exactly, and and to touch on the um, and Truba plays you know over twenty minutes a night, so he would be the type of defenseman you could get that would give Chara a break. 
But now you don't have that defenseman. So you're going to have Zdeno Chara at age 39, who has bad knees, bad, you know, ankle. He's going to be, he's like you said, Joe, he's playing extra hockey right now. Uh, he's double shifting, someone said tonight. Yeah, so there you go. He's double shifting. So uh, he's already he's already going to be in mid he's going to be in midseason form when the Bruins get him uh, back for training camp. It's gonna, it's going to be this this defense is going to be a disaster. It's going to be the same thing as last year, where every Bruins fan after every loss is going to say, "Well, how many times did the defense turn the puck over? How come no one cleared this guy up from the net in front of Rask? Oh, this guy got an easy easy breakaway. I wonder why. Oh, because he blew by the defenseman. It's going to be that type of year again. It's going to be just like last year. They're going to be good enough to hang around the playoffs, but the defense I think is going to cave them in. Yeah, absolutely. It just, uh, I think we're going to be drinking a lot of antacid and uh, doing a lot of bitching this uh, season, guys. I'm sorry to say it. <laughs> it's going to be the same kind of year as last year. I'm going to be the one that makes the bold predictions and probably pays for it later on. Hey, well, hey, you know, <laughs> I mean, it, you know, I, I've, I've loved this team for like 30 years. You guys probably since you've been born, too. Uh, it, you know, it's painful. I mean, they, as we, you know, we've sliced and diced this 100 million times. Ever since 11, we thought, you know, dynasty. I mean, I thought at least two cups out of this this uh, core. And then um, the mismanagement has been so unbelievable that if they made a movie about it, they would, no one would see it because that's how unbelievable it would be. That you could screw up a team this bad in five years. It's amazing. It's just you, you can't even try to do that. How to be a GM 101. Oh, God, what a... Uh, you know, you know, I got a lot, a lot of people call me like on my Bruins page, and Mike, whatever you're writing on uh, CLNS, you gotta send over so I can share with my, share with the group. Um, you know, it's it's just it's just so painful to, to see this team just implode the way they did. I mean, it's 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 a shame to be honest with you because that that was their window. Everyone's talking about Bergeron's window, and all, yeah, it's closing. I mean, he's 30, 31 years old. It's closing soon. Chara is gonna be gone. You know, I guarantee Crutchy, Rask, or, or one of those guys won't be here in the next couple of years either. So, uh, this, you know, Claude's got to learn to integrate these young kids, bite the bullet for mistakes, and let the kids play. Let Pasternak play. But Toronto, when he comes back, let him play. Colin Mill or Brandon Carlo, they are going to screw up. It's going to happen. But if, you know, if they're, if they're out there and they're trying to learn and trying to make up for their mistakes, that's fine. I'd rather lose a couple of games because of them than lose a lot of games without them. I would too, and that's why I was saying last year, I was saying play the young guys. Like last year was supposed to be the like, quote unquote rebuilding season. You know, I mean they didn't have enough to win the cup. Everyone knew that last year, and I said this is the year that you should be playing the young kids, playing Spooner, playing Pashnik, playing Colin Miller, who you know you traded Milan Lucic for, and you know you, then you ended up trading the goalie that you got, Martin Jones, in that mm-hmm. trade too. So obviously Colin Miller was the guy that you got, and he didn't even play last year. And you have Claude Julien coming out at the first day of, of Bruins training camp saying how oh, we want to play fast. We want to play <laughs> fast. Claude, you don't know how to play fast. <laughs> second, and second of all, all your defensemen are slow. The only good defenseman you have back there that can play fast is Tory Krug. And yep. you even limited him last year because you played him more in, in a defensive role because the defense is so bad. Tory Krug, when he first came up, when he came up in the 2013 playoffs, he was the sixth defenseman, and he was literally an offensive weapon. He was scoring goals left and right. Last year, he only had four goals because he's playing over 20 minutes a night, and he's playing more defensively. So, obviously, he's not playing fast because you're limiting in his offensive abilities. Yeah, I, I just – yeah. I, Mike, I, I detect a lot of anger and absolutely, you know, you have it in the right place because this is 
and Jason too, you know, we're just dedicated fans and I think we deserve better than this. Um, I think the team is just, um, I mean, if, if they go, say they go, I don't know, like three and eight, three and seven at the beginning, Julian has to go, has to go. You have to make a change because, uh, as we've talked about it, sliced and diced many times, he is not, he, he's not adapting to today's game. You know, uh, he, he wants to play fast. He doesn't know fast. He knows how to basically go back, block shots. You know what I mean? Like he didn't, you know, didn't 11. That's why that team won, you know, is because Tim Thomas and they had really, they were really good defensively. They weren't, uh, you know, they weren't an offensive juggernaut by any stretch of imagination. They couldn't score in the power play, if we all remember correctly. Um, let, me, let me build off that, Joe, because you brought up a good point. And I'm going to say the team in 2011 won because they had one thing the Bruins now don't have, and that's heart. Tim Thomas played with heart. Mark Recchi played with a heart. That team was built based on leaders with heart. That team won, and it wasn't pretty. It wasn't because of Julian. It was because the team had well, the leadership. No, they had an identity. Yeah, Ferentz and all that. Yeah. They all well, they all bought into Julian's system, and that's fine. He had the type of team to play into his system. Now he doesn't. Obviously, he has certain guys that play his system. But David Pashnik, I'm sorry, he's not going to go up there and lay his body on the line and start blocking shots for you. He's an offensive skilled player. Same thing with. Colin Miller. I mean, Colin Miller is an offensive defenseman that likes to get up in the play. I'm sorry, Claude. He's going to make, like, like Joe said, they're going to make mistakes. They all can't be the Chris Kellys in the Rich Pevelys of the world, you know, playing a 200-foot game, getting back on defense. It's just not going to happen. Chris Kelly, my God. I'm not going to miss Chris Kelly. <laughs> I'm kind of happy he's gone, to be honest with you. But yeah, he was super injury-prone. I mean, he was a good leader, I guess, in the locker room. But like I said, I still can't get over the 2013 Open Net in, in the Cup Final. I just that's still burning my memory forever. It's definitely, definitely stings. But uh, the one thing I did want to talk about quickly too is the Frank Vitrano injury, and uh, this happened in the first day of training camp. Terrible. So it's and you heard about oh Frank Vitrano left the ice with injury. You're hoping they were just being precautionary, you know, taking him out of training camp for a day or two to let him rest. And all of a sudden you you, you start seeing reports that. It could be more serious than originally thought. And all of a sudden, now he has to get surgery. And I think this is a big hit for the Bruins because Vitrano, oh, I, I, Joe, I, you remember you said earlier you, you were wondering who Krejci was going to play with. And in my, in my head, I was saying, you should play Krejci with the two young guys, and Patrick yeah. and Vitrano, and right. that should be your offensive line. And yeah. now with Vitrano sidelined, you look at it and you just go, oh, this is a tough hit. Because, you know, he, he scored a, a goal a game in the AHL. And he showed some promise last year. Sure. And you're looking at it saying, okay, he's going to start the year with the big club, you know, maybe get some, uh, you know, report Krejci and go from there. He could have a breakout season. You know, he, he played four, year in, four years in college, so he's one of the older type uh, young guys they have. He's like, he, he's been like, he's been around the block a time or two. He's, he, got, he got his feet wet last year. You go, okay, here you go, breakout, breakout year. And then all of a sudden he just gets hurt and he's out three months and you just go, oh, it's a kick in the gut. Team team's damned, man. I'm telling you, it's a curse. Yeah, but when you think about it, Vachano's not just out for three months because that you've seen, you saw how past the next foot injury lingered. It's gonna be three months and then a couple months afterwards, so he gets oh, back to playing months. It's something to think about. It is something to think about, and it's tough because I was, I was hoping Vachano to have a big year. He was, you know, I was, I had him pegged, you know, hopefully for 20 goals. Yep. And now with the foot injury, and like you said, Jason, with Pashnik's foot injury last year, it could be it, it, it could be a wasted year for him. I wouldn't say a wasted year, but you could you Possibly. could miss him. You could miss him until at least you know December. 
September, October. Yeah, at least it's three months, and then with two months of rehab, is that what you're saying? Well, I'm saying he'll be he'll be back on the ice in three months, but to gain this form back, to gain the speed back, all that it'll take a couple of extra months to get there. Oh wow! So that's we're looking at what we're looking at February, March, almost the whole season. Pretty much. Oh, brutal. It is brutal, and but you look. But you're looking. But it also gives it. Jason talking about the young players. It gives one of those guys an opportunity to step up. Here's a, here's a, here's an opening. Take it. Well, Mike, that's Mike. That's a, if uh, Claude's okay with putting another young guy in there. You know what I mean? He's got to get over the whole, you know, young guy making mistake stuff. That has to stop. It does have to stop, and that that's my that's been my biggest criticism with Claude is, you when you have a young player, they're going to make mistakes. It's yep. gonna happen. It's going yep. to happen. Castle, but as a coach, you put that player back on the ice. You don't sit back here and make him dwell on it. That doesn't help out his career, or him. As a, Look, you put him back on the ice. You have faith in that person. Like for instance, Pasternak, you you got to play him on the power play. Like what are you doing? I mean, he barely got any power play time last year. I don't think Vitrano got much either. These guys have, these guys have the innate scoring skill that most of the guys in this team do not have. So you know, I rather have them score. You know, 30, 35, 30, 35 goals, and maybe be you know very low in the plus minus, or even maybe a little bit of a negative. But if they if they're potting in the goals, you know what I mean? Like that's what they need. They need the one, offense. The one team and I they, look at that does this perfectly and and, t- and plays the young kids, or actually the two teams, is Detroit and Chicago. Yep. And Joe Quinville, he he plays the young kids with taste. He plays he plays the young kids with Kane. And the one thing I said about Claude, I was like, okay, Claude, if if if, the, if, you're, if you're the Bruins, right, and you're up a goal in the third period with 10 minutes left, and you don't want to play Pashnik, I'm completely fine with that. I understand you don't want him to have it to, to turn the puck over when you're up a goal. But when you're down a goal and he's on the bench until there's three minutes left in the period and doesn't play a shit in the third period, I'm sorry. Get him out there. Hmm. You need a goal to tie the game. You can't – like, what are you going to do? You can't be putting out these players that aren't as skilled as Pashnik and can, and can score. It doesn't make any sense. You have to risk it if you're gonna play out. If you need, if you're down the goal, you gotta go and try to score that goal. Whether or not you give up another goal in the process doesn't matter. You need to try and score a goal. That's the whole point. He went zero zero. No, and that's why when Claude Julien says I want to play fast, I chuckle. Like <laughs> you've never played that way since you've coached here. Wherever. Every time, every time you've had a young player, he's never, he never plays unless it's Bergeron. And Bergeron played at 18, but 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 Bergeron was so good. On both ends of the ice, that's why Claude played him. But if, if, the, if the if the forward defenseman shows a little bit of sign of not getting back or you know turning the puck over, up oh, see ya, move to the bench for the rest of the game. I just you know I, I can you know make him make him uh, you know do you know uh, skate more in, in practice or, or punish him in practice would have you. But you can't punish him during the game. I mean you know not giving him any ice time. Like you have guys out there. At one point, you had the Chris Kelly, the Jimmy Hayes out there that couldn't score with their life. So, what good is that? You know. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. But um, the one thing I also want, we should touch on too, is Brad Marchand. And I was worried about this on the last show about the Brad Marchand extension. And finally, I said to Jason, I said the last show, like uh, that. You, obviously, Joe, you couldn't join that one. I said, I said to Jason, I go, I'm worried about this. And he said, <laughs> Why? And I was like. I was like, because, you know, if, you don't, if they don't sign him before the season, his price tag is going to keep going up and going up and going up. And you're looking at – and he, I think the Bruins got a steal of a money. You know, $6 million. If he hit the open market, he would easily get seven. And, and I just think it just shows that Marche wants to be here. You see what he's doing in the World Cup. He's 
he has like four or five goals right now. He's playing unbelievable. And his price tag kept going up. So I'm very, very, very happy the Bruins finally got a signing and a deal right. And they did it <laughs> in a timely fashion and they re-signed Masha. Uh, absolutely. That was that, – sorry, Joe, go ahead. No, 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 I mean, I'm just saying that finally, you know, they did something right, even though you, how could you even screw that up? I mean, you, you had to keep him. I mean, he's one of your few offensive stars that you have, and he's what's left of the core when the, you know, uh, guys left, you know. So that was almost like a layup for Sweeney. If you screw that up, I mean, that you're in Shirelli, Shirelli territory, you know what I mean? Yes, and uh, I also wanted to say that, you know, from reading some of, some of Jimmy Murphy's tweets yesterday, that he brought up a good point. Marshan really changed his game after the Winter Classic last year. He really changed his game to play on the edge but still be important and not, to, not go overboard. And that is what was huge, and that, you know, showed that he wanted to still stay here. And he did. He took a hometown discount for the Bruins so he could stay because this is the team he started with. You know, him not playing in that Winter Classic really affected him because he knew he let his teammates down. He really screwed up. He wanted to be a part of that spectacle, even though that was an atrocious day. But that, I think, to your point, Jason, that was the time that he really, you know, smartened up. It definitely was the time he smartened up. And it's good because since then, he's been arguably the Bruins' best player. Yeah, agreed. No, completely agree. He's been the best, one of the best players on the team. With him and Bergeron, has made for a great line. So you have to hope that, you know, you can link up the right player to work with the two of them to make that line dominant. And, uh, yeah, so like I said, as I was saying or like the, on last episode, Joe, I was saying to, to Jason, I was like, the Bruins had to get this done before the season started. Because I think if the season started, it could have been like a Stamco situation. And even though Stamco's re-signed in Tampa, he would have hit the open market and you, other teams would have been able to give their pitches to him. And it just you would have been, as a Bruins fan, a nervous wreck to know if Marshan's re-signing or not. Well, yeah, you were here in Pittsburgh all week. Well, yeah, I was seeing articles about Crosby maybe wooing him to Pittsburgh and all that stuff. But thank, thank God Sweeney did the right thing. Because this is about all he's done right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's the right move. And I know some people will wonder about the eight-year contract. But the, the one thing I haven't figured out yet is, is there a no-trade clause in that yes. contract? Five years. For the first five years. Okay, that's reasonable. That's for the price that they're paying for us five years. By then, he'll be about 31, 32. That's a good it's deal. for the Bruins to give five-year non-trading clauses. So they had to do that anyway, you know. Yeah, when Chris Kelly gets a no-trade clause, I think Brad uh, Marshan should get one, too. Inside yes. too. He did, too, didn't he? That's yes. why they had to lose him. He couldn't trade him. Yeah, because I don't think anyone wanted him, so they had to buy yeah. him out. No, I mean, he's playing on Team Europe, and he looks like he's walking some minutes. So, I mean, I thought it was right to get buy him out, but then it's like... I don't know. He might be better than something for a fifth defenseman. I mean, but they made they had to have made that buyout move so they could focus on signing Marshan. Right, but maybe you can sign him now for like the veteran minimum. You know what I mean? <laughs> that would be funny. I, I mean, it, it makes complete business sense. I mean, that was a bad. That was a really bad contract, and they cut. You know, they had to cut ties. But now he has got signed by anybody, so he knows the system. I wouldn't mind bringing him in for a fifth or sixth defenseman. Why not? I think it's better than what they got, to be honest with you. Well, like, it's, it'd be the same thing as what they had last year. Right, but the thing is, if you know, as we all talked about, if, if Claude was dedicated to the kids and brought the Carlos and the Colin Mills to the world and played them and dealt with dealt with the uh, you know the mistakes and stuff like that, then fine. But he's not going to. So I'd rather have someone that at least has played in the system that you know is got a lot of tread in his tires. But you know what I mean? Like you can't have. It's like we can't have both, or we can't have either one. It seems. 
because uh, Claw's just stuck in his ways. That's a fair point. But I, I would rather still have Claw forced to play a younger kid. Than, uh, Hope you have a gun <laughs> to put to his head because I don't know if he's going to change. Well, that's the, you know, that's the job of the general manager. The job of Don Sweeney is to force Cole's hand if he's not going to play it. So that's when you get rid of these players, you know, kind of like what, what uh, Billy Bean did in Moneyball. Yeah, but you get to mind, Billy Bean didn't win anything. They didn't win. I love when everybody just, uh, everybody loves that movie so much. Billy Bean, he's unbelievable. They didn't win a World Series. So they didn't win anything. You know what I mean? True. True. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, you got to win to be considered one of the top yeah. guys. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 just a crazy thing. But uh, so uh, when, when's the um, when's the season kick off again? The dates is escaping me at the moment. October twelfth, I believe. In oh, it is that late because because of the World Cup of Hockey. Okay. Yep, that's exactly right. So it's uh, World Cup of Hockey is obviously ending. It'll probably end Thursday because Canada will probably win both games. So. Right. And then the, then all the forwards will get back, and I'm interested to see what the lines are looking like when the when everyone gets back together. I'm assuming they'll give Marchand and Bergeron obviously some time to recover, but the the line, like Joe said, the line. I'm very inter- intrigued with the lines. It's like, is Backus oh, yeah. playing center? Is Backus playing wing? Is Spooner playing center? Is Spooner playing wing? Who's the fourth line center? It's, there's a lot of things to question here. So, uh, what do you guys think about Spooner? I mean, everybody, you know, they're too deep in center. Is Spooner going to be the odd man out? What do you guys think about him? Well, Oof. I said I said to Jason on the last show uh, that I was worried. I thought Spooner would be the odd man out at center if if Backus does play center. And you know, Spooner came into training camp. I don't know if you saw this, Joe. He was he was pretty upset with the Bruins management because they never told him if he's playing wing or if he's playing center. <laughs> so I was like, I said this to Jason. So this is a bad sign already. You have you have Krejci complaining about uh, the wings. He's he never has the right wings on. Yeah, his, yeah. And then you have Spooner saying that, that management doesn't tell him if he's playing wing. Are playing center, and it's like, shouldn't the coaches be communicating with him so in the offseason he, he can work on something that, you know, if he's playing wing, he can work on, you know, chipping pucks out of the zone, or if he's playing center to work on faceoffs. And I'm sitting there going, well, this is not a good sign coming into training camp that he doesn't know where he's playing. Yeah, uh, hopefully that will all shake out soon when the guys get back from uh, the tournament. But I think Spooner would be the odd man out if, if the Bruins are looking for a trade. And that's something I would try and, like, I mean, we talked about Truber, and we both, Joe, know both know it's not going to happen, but I think Spooner would be the guy to look at to trade for Chuba. Oh, and Spooner, some picks, why not? I mean, Winnipeg has a lot of holes, so I can't see why they wouldn't, you know, take a deal like that. Um, someone's mentioning in the chat, Shattenkirk, that ship has sailed and I think sunk and it's on the bottom of the ocean. Let's no, get out the Shattenkirk thing. Yeah, Shattenkirk's not happening. They wanted Pash Nick and obviously the Bruins didn't give him up. But the okay. one thing about Shattenkirk, he's, he's going to be a free agent after this year anyways. I don't think he's re-signing in St. Louis. So look for next year free agency if the Bruins are going to make a push at him. But I, I think, like you said, Joe, they're not trading for him now. I mean, No, it's going to be interesting because if the Bruins are going to make a trade for a defenseman, they're going to do it like they did it a couple years ago when, when they trade Johnny Boychuk. But they're going to oh, go for something smaller. Don't mention Boychuk, please. That, what, a, what a horrific – that's probably one of the worst – It's the worst trade in, like – the last I, four or five years in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's right neck and neck with Sagan. I mean, that... That's what I was thinking, too. That is just... Because it turns out that, you know, we got Brett Conley, and Brett Conley's no longer here. So, in essence, we got nothing for him. Well, um, I, I still think the Sagan trade is, is worse, personally, because I think Sagan's a young superstar, and Bochuk, you know, is getting up there in age. 
But the one thing with like I would agree with you on Joe for Sagan, they at least got players. Yes. For Boychuk, they just got picks, and you can't just re- replace Boychuk with picks. Well, the the Boychuk part of it, I mean, the Sagan talent level, absolutely. But the Boychuk chemistry and and what he meant to that team, and that he was the prototypical Bruin, that he actually hit guys. He had a a lightning shot from the point, a rocket, if you will. He was there. He was everything they were looking for in a, in a, in a Bruins play, like Cam Neely's favorite kind of player. And they got rid of him. That was just because they mismanaged so much stuff, mismanaged the caps so badly that they had. I thought they, if you if you guys can, uh, you know, uh, you know, check check me here. I'm pretty sure that year when they cut him, they signed some other guys to like one year contracts like that or something like that. And you, everybody was scratching their head like, why are we signing these guys? If we didn't sign those guys, we could have kept Boychuk. I don't know if you guys remember that, but I. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I I forget I forget who it was, but it was just like that offseason was very weird. You're right. It was just like so bizarre what was going on. And then all of a sudden you you go right to the right up to the season starts, and with boy trucks just traded, with like a week to go. Oh god. And then you know you, you remember the interview at the beginning they started slaw the gate and remember Lucci's got um, interviewed and he admitted that that was a, definitely a huge shakeup for them. That pretty much probably led them on the you know the downside. I mean, um, oh, there's another quote. Something else I was going to ask you guys. Uh, lost my train of thought. Now, so um, yeah, I, I don't know what you know for prediction standpoint. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking eighth or below. <laughs> I think I think eighth is probably the, the highest they'll go. The, the East got better. Oh it's yeah, a, the Eastern Conference is good this year. And people forget okay. the Metropolitan Division has – they had, what, six teams last year in the playoffs? No, they had – yeah, six teams. Yeah. And you look at that, and our, the Atlantic Division only gotten better too. Buffalo is going to be better. Montreal's getting Price back. Oh, you see how good he's playing? Harry yeah. Right now? Exactly. Scary. Like, they're only getting better. Ah, the Bruins are going the other way. It seems to be that way. The Bruins are headed the other way, but then again, we have those teams that surprise us. So we can. Yeah. I agree they're going the other way, but I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, let's let's you know. The good point is that hockey's back. That is definitely. There's a, good a lot. And there's a lot to talk about. Oh, for sure. we'll be. Mm, there'll be a lot of probably foul language coming up soon. Yeah. <laughs> I can definitely see that, Joe. I can definitely, oh my god! Is there a bleep on this? Can you bleep people? Is it <laughs> a lot of bleeping. Jason got Jason got some good editing skills, so I'm sure you can cut out. Sweet, <laughs> I can figure it out. No, I'm really, guys, I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to you know doing this during the season with you guys. I think we're gonna do some great things. So, looking yeah, forward. I'm very fired up for this this upcoming season. The Bruins play again tomorrow for preseason. And Joe, like you, I know you don't watch preseason like you said, Joe, but I do, so I tune in. I always like to check out some of the young players. And like Jason said, he was at, I'm he going was to the Flyers game. Nice. He was, he was he was saying that the, the young players look good. So hopefully, even though if the Bruins don't have a good year this year, the future is bright. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough to it's tough to you know if they lo- you know if they don't make the playoffs again. I mean this is heads rolling. I mean in every direction. So you know I know the future looks bright, but it's kind of what have you done for me lately? And they haven't done anything. So no, I agree. It's definitely what you've done for me lately. In the last two years, they've they've gagged away the playoffs. In the, Max- in, the last, in the last month of the season. Yeah, I'm actually going to a game this year, so I'm going to actually score Blackhawks-Bruins tickets. So at least I get to see one good team. 
hopefully, hopefully <laughs> it's not like last year when they played on NBC and the Blackhawks, you know, came out to that early like six one lead. And the they Bruins, almost they almost came back. I think it was six to four, wasn't it? Yeah, they almost did come back, but it's it's just that's how, it's, that's the Bruins season. That's the Bruins in a nutshell, though. Yep. That that well, game. Well, they did that. They turned it on when they're down. Absolutely. And hopefully it's not another season like that. But hey, you know what? Like I said, it, uh, you know, falls here, hockey's in the air, and you know it's going to be just nothing but you know good hockey talk, which I'll take that all day. So. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to get back onto our regular schedule, Definitely. and uh, every, for uh, mostly Sunday nights for all you guys uh, listening at home. We'll be doing this mostly Sunday nights. So this week is obviously was on a Tuesday because you know life gets in the way. But for the most part, with the season underway, Sunday nights is going to be our thing. Definitely. So we look forward to uh, hopefully more Bruins news comes out. You know, training camp's still underway, so we'll have a lot, a lot more to talk about next Sunday as well. Yeah. I know, I'm looking forward to recapping games again. Yeah, yeah, be good stuff. Yeah, there's nothing, there's also, nothing better. Also, before to, we wrap up the show. Nothing, sorry, Jason, before you go. There's nothing better than breaking down games and rip, ripping the players that do bad mm-hmm. and, and praising the players that do good. I'm good at that. I'm really good at that, so get ready. The one, question, the one big question I have is, what are your thoughts on Tuka Rask? Uh, you know me and Tuka. Tuka's my boy. But uh, I saw someone in the uh, the uh, Facebook live chat that said that, I hope he was kidding or he was sniffing glue or both, that uh, he thought that uh, uh, Doby was going to take his spot. Like I'm like, come on, please stop. Rask is still a top 10 goalie. He might be closer to the 10 now than the, the 1. But he's still a top 10 goalie in this league. I mean, as much as everybody wants to deny it. Um, he's only as good as the defense in front of him, and he is, becomes a pity party. If they, they don't play front, good in front of him, he pouts and complains and bitches, so, which is not good. You know, we know what he did at, you know, that game against Ottawa. We know what he did in the Olympics. He, does, he's not, he doesn't go that you know, extra 10%. He does 100%, but not 110 So and I'm a fan of his, and I can say that. But I think it's make a break defense. for this year for Tuca. What's that? I think it's make or break. Uh, yeah, if he doesn't, they might have to trade him next year if he doesn't come through. I mean, he's making $7 million. I mean, he's one of the highest paid goalies in the league. Put up or shut up. And I understand. I, I totally agree with Tuka Rouse that the defense is atrocious. I understand that. And there's no denying that. But you saw what Montreal was last year without Price. Oh, yeah. So, so I mean, I understand Price is the best goalie in the league, hands down. But sometimes you need a goalie to step up and save your team's bacon sometimes. And Rouse did not do that last year, so... I hope he has a good year, and I think it's like I said, put up a shut up time for Rask. Yeah, he has done. He didn't do that a whole lot last year. He might have stole like one or two games, but he needs to steal like probably eight to ten. If they want to make the playoffs, he needs to steal eight to ten games. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. But we shall see. What do you think, Jason? What is he going to do? I think if the Bruins start out and struggle, I think that he could be a player that goes on the trading block this year. This year, wow. Old. This year. Old statement. Yeah, we'll see. Like, I think, like I said, if they start slow the blocks, I think the first casualty is Julian. So. Well, it looks like it looks like That's assistant coach uh, Bruce Cassidy's on the bench for that reason too. Oh, it's kind of like what you know, John Farrell, and they had that other guy uh, in the dugout waiting, waiting in the wings. So it might be the same thing. Let's not go against the Red Sox at one late clock straight. Do they win tonight too? No. They're they're still playing, uh, I, I believe. Know, yeah. But that's all right. We'll get to that. We'll get we'll 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 get to the Red Sox at a different time, guys. But uh, that'll that'll <laughs> wrap up our show. Uh, right. We will uh, be back next Sunday. Like you said, you can follow. Um, Follow our Bruins Twitter account at Bruins underscore B. You can follow myself at Mike Seta22 at Jason Buckley91. And um, Joe, I always forget your Twitter handle because I know no, you, no you have a different uh, different one from Facebook and, and Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at Big Bad Bruins88. That's your Twitter account, correct? 
Yes, sir. And Joe also does the Big Bad Bruins on Facebook as well. If you yep. uh, if you're interested yep. in absolutely, and uh, you guys, Joe always posts great Bruins content there for a bunch of fans to get in, involved in. So yeah, let's get your content up there, Mike. So send that along. Absolutely, we'll definitely get that going too. But uh, we will uh, talk to you next week. Go Bruins, All right, guys. Be good. Later. Go Bruins. Bye.